Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Miss Mary. Yes, Miss Jillian. Oh, I'm so excited about today's topic. Why? Because <laughs> we're <laughs> listeners, we're getting free of our control and moving towards agency. That's which right. I'm so excited about. See, the thing is, okay, <laughs> if I can sort of back the truck a little bit in talking about agency. Sure. Because we do get it confused with control is uh, we, we almost go the opposite. Like uh, if I'm not, you know, God's in control, I'm just going to sit here and pray and God's going to make it happen. And if I try to take control or if I try to have some sense of agency, then somehow I'm stepping out of his will. So uh, we've talked about this before, the three centers of uh, intelligence and the yes. body center intelligence. Well, all of us have the needs associated with that action body center, which yeah. is for autonomy, self-efficacy and agency. Like we actually are created by God to want to have a say in our life, to have a sense of agency. It's a gift he's given us. And when that's threatened, we're going to feel anger. Oh, yeah. So part of the, the, you know, the Christian teaching we've had is that anger is bad. Right. And then if we try to take action because of anger, then that's bad. Right. So it's I, I really do want to kind of put that out there that uh, we are meant to have agency. Uh, as we mentioned in a previous episode, we are meant to co-create with God. Yeah. We're in partnership with him. He has put us here on this earth to do the things that we're to do. And that requires agency. It requires decision-making. It requires wisdom and all that great stuff. And all the gifts that we have, like all the gifts and strengths that we have can be exercised. That's right. For our good and the good of others. That's right. Yes, exactly. So um, Sharon Hode Miller, uh, in her book, The Cost of Control, she does talk about agency. And she describes it as the power to influence ourselves and our circumstances. Mm. Influence is really, I like that word. I like that word too, because influence versus control are two very different things. It is, because frankly, we have very little control. (laughs) (laughs) So why do we even try? And control is more about anxiety, whereas influence is more about how do we impact others and circumstances in a positive way. And you know, think, I feel like influence has a, um, a basis in connection. Yes. Because I'm not influenced by a lot of things from people that I don't have a personal relationship, but I am influenced by people who I trust. Mm. I know that they are for my good. Mm -hmm. I know that they're um, cheering me on. Mm -hmm. So they have influence over me. I think that's also because uh, your strength as an eight, one of your gifts is the ability to hold strong to what's important to you and not be influenced or swayed unless it's somebody who you trust Mm. and is because I would say many people are influenced by like what's on social media and people listen to stuff that's on there that's based on pseudoscience and they go down a road of belief systems etc etc so you know that's also my loyal skeptic that comes into play (laughs) yes that's true I mean it's it's good that you question and you don't automatically accept that so um, but like as we said last uh, week, we 
have this uh, control is actually the underlying emotion is fear. It is right. anxiety. Right. And it's somehow if we can control our circumstances, we can prevent uh, bad things from happening. Right. So, um, so again, agency doesn't mean that we can't have an impact, that we don't have choice because he has created, God has created us for that uh, sense of um, agency. And, and, and I like the word dignity too. Like there is a dignity to having choice. Um, you know, my thoughts move to how often we in our first world countries go into third world countries and we're generously giving this and that and this and that, but we're actually not giving them dignity mm. because we're creating this sort of dependency right. where we're in control, we're giving to you, and then we're patting ourselves on the back for our generosity. And then meanwhile, they don't have that sense of agency or um, self-efficacy. And so um, there's a lot of unhealthy things that come out of that place. So, yeah. Ooh, that's heavy. Yeah. So it, it, it is recognizing agency. And the other thing uh, on the other side of it is recognizing that uh, others also need agency. And how in our desire to control we actually damage other people's agency. Oof. Right? I think this whole idea of dignity is worth digging into a little bit because if if I'm having influence over someone or I think I have influence over someone and can think of their dignity mm. as the driving force towards my influence, yeah, that's massive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. It's such a beautiful word. I don't think we use it nearly enough. When we talk about a dignified person, a dignitarian. Right. But like dignity is something that, uh, so if I can help uh, somebody else feel more competent in an area. So that's why part of the reason why I love mentoring and um, supporting others in their development of their gifts is that they are the ones who feel that they have agency and self-efficacy. Yeah. So that's 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 a different use of influence. Yeah, it's an empowering use it's of influence. It's an empowering use of influence, exactly. And, you know, I, I, I remember a trend on social media a number of years ago where parents were kind of publicly shaming their children. Ugh. And I was just like, I just I wanted hated to throw that. up. I know. Because it robs the child of any dignity. Mm-hmm. You, What are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're bringing shame to your child on a public platform. Mm-hmm. For what? Mm-hmm. It doesn't do anything to build them up or correct them. It's trying to it control their... It strips them of their dignity. Exactly. It's, it's trying to horrible. control their behavior. You know, when we talk about... Like, it is true as parents, we do... We are given the responsibility to discipline our kids so that they grow in maturity and understanding of, you know, boundaries and, you know, like moral values and all those kinds of things. But we don't do it by shaming them. No. Um, If we can teach them in a way that still gives them dignity. So often one of the things when we're working with parents with kids, we actually work with parents to teach kids how to problem solve. Mm. So don't tell your kid how to do everything. In fact, from an early age, when your child comes to you and wants you to do this for them, do that for them, actually, if you can help them do it for themselves, you're giving them dignity. Right. So it's really important. Anyway, we we slightly digress there. Yeah, but but I think that word dignity is so important because... If I can, if I can move to dignity mm-hmm. as a way of providing agency for myself and agency for others, if that's the underlying thing, yeah, wow, I'm going to be really cautious. Right, right, exactly. 
Yeah. yeah. And so, um, we, you know, many of us uh, have been raised in the church and we might have been taught to believe that obeying God means that you don't have a say, that you better do what he says, follow the rules or else. And if you miss his will, that's you're out of his will. And that's been really damaging theology because it's made people fearful of pursuing their own goals or having a say in their own mm-hmm. life because it's being, you know, fear of being like, I'm, I'm being disobedient or I'm being right. selfish. And it's like, God has that one person I have to marry. And if I don't find that person, then somehow I'm out of his will. And it's made people passive. You know, I just have to pray. I just have to trust God. And then nothing uh, changes in their circumstances and they wonder why. And that's because it's not about control. It's about agency. So that's the power to influence and make choices. So uh, Sharon Hode Miller says, the difference between control and agency is a difference between, I love this, accepting our limitations and constantly thrashing against them. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So when we're trying to maintain control, we're actually thrashing against our limitations. Because, again, we don't actually have control. (laughs) So we need to relinquish control, which we don't have any way, and in favor of agency. And the opposite of control is not passivity, but it's active agency. It's this beautiful middle ground. And um, I'd mentioned this when I was talking about my retreat time Mm -hmm. a few episodes ago, but I just want to quote what uh, Parker J. Palmer actually says in his book, A Hidden Wholeness, when he's talking about co-creating reality. We co-create the reality in which we live. And all of the great spiritual traditions ask two questions intended to keep us awake. What are we sending from within ourselves out into the world? And what impact is it having out there? And what is the world sending back to us? And what impact is it having in here? We are continually engaged in the evolution of self and world, and we have the power to choose moment by moment between that which gives life and that which deals death. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that a beautiful quote? It really is. And, you know, I have this flashback in my mind to a famous quote from Nelson Mandela Mm. when he was finally freed from prison. Mm. And he said that he was leaving the physical prison, Mm. but he was also leaving his emotional and psychological prison by choosing to forgive. Right. Because if he walked out of the physical prison without forgiveness, he would carry, he'd be in prison for the rest of his life in bitterness. Yeah. So this idea Mm. that choosing moment by moment between that which gives life and that which deals death, that was like such a powerful quote. And it just is such a... I mean, because we have such affection for him, such respect mm-hmm. from all that he'd been through, mm-hmm. for him to choose that. Right. It's one of those people that you go, this is a person who's choosing their agency. Yeah. Who's not being passive. Right. Because he could have played the victim. He could have, yes. He's not choosing passivity. Mm-hmm. He's choosing his agency and the way to move forward in right. the world. Right, right. Oh, and and a lot of that was internal of course. agency. But then look at what that internal agency did for the world. Oh, massive. Huge impact. So that co-creation exactly. is like encapsulated in that like little Exactly. No, that's a really great image. example. So um, agency is actually a term that's used in sociology. And it means uh, the idea that people make their own decisions and are responsible for their own actions. Oh, oh. <laughs> hello. Uh, I, mean, I can't blame anybody. I know. I can't like play the victim. Oh my gosh. I can't, oh, I'm not helpless. No, 
No, you make your own decisions, girl. And you're responsible for your own actions. <laughs> That's not what I want to hear. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. But the study of sociology does also uh, take into account the reality that we live in systems and structures in our world. So our religious system, as an yep. example, our cultural system, there's these systems that impact whole groups, whole races. I mean, yep. racism has huge, I mean, there's a structure in place that's kept uh, a lot of racist um, ideology around. Yeah. So that's this complex, interconnected set of social forces, relationships, institutions, social, social structure. They all kind of work together to shape the thought, behavior, experiences, choices, and just our our overall life course. It does impact us, mm-hmm. but agency is the power that people have to think for themselves and act in ways that shape their experiences and the trajectory of their life, which ultimately can also impact society. Well, this goes back to like, I, I'm just thinking of all the different podcasts. Mm-hmm. The one we talked about a few episodes ago where we talked about our choices, Yeah, you know, even changing our DNA, yes. and then that changing for others in the That's future. That's right, yeah. But also, I'm also thinking, too, about when we make those internal changes and choose agency for ourselves, then we're able to give agency to others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. So it's huge. It's like you're, you're, you're staying within your boundaries, and you're right. responsible for what's within your boundaries, yeah. and you're not trying to encroach on other people's, on the other side of the boundary, on other people's um, side of it. So that allows them to have agency. Now, not like people who are not healthy may actually say, wait a minute, why aren't you taking care of me? Why aren't you doing it for me? They're like trying to pull you to their side. Yes. So that's why an important part of um, agency is having really clear boundaries of what's mine versus what's yours. Okay, good right? stuff. Yeah. Yes. So um, that's that's the really great news. And I know sometimes you look in the world and it just feels like, oh, what difference is my little life going to make? And you'd be surprised at the impact that you can have. Um, well, in- and I think that a lot of us are asking that question right now in the midst of you know, a war in the midst of a climate crisis, in the midst of a financial crisis, we're saying, well, wow, like, it's so easy to go, there's nothing I can do about this. That's right. That's right. But when we choose agency, mm-hmm. when we choose the piece that we can do, yeah. when we can have self-efficacy, mm-hmm. choose our choices, yeah. own our choices, yeah. Yeah. advocate for our own needs, mm-hmm. that is a massive way to go about the world. It is. It's it a is. way of being that it is. leads to resilience. It does. And it really does impact others. Even if, you know, that commercial from way back when we were kids that all you young guns would not know about was, was it Breck hair? Oh, Breck. I told two friends. <clears throat> no, they, it was herbal essence. Okay. Oh, that's right. I told two friends. And they, they told, told two friends. friends. And, and they, they told, and friends. then you see the screen splitting yeah. more and more and more and more. And then eventually there's like thousands of people on the screen. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> so in what ways can we have agency? Now, Sharon Ho Miller has six ways. Um, I've kind of taken some of what she's thought and um, put it into my own words. Okay. And then added a bunch because <laughs> I control using my words. No. <laughs> You want to show your knowledge to manipulate us. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, to me, 10 seems like a good number. So I've got a list of 10. So the first way we can have agency is creating order out of chaos. 
So we can create processes, we can have structures that help us stay organized, uh, helping us make good decisions, um, recognizing that sometimes we're the ones that are creating the chaos in our own lives. Ooh. So how can we do better? Going how back to make... that previous one where we were talking about structures. That's right. Right, the scaffolding that makes us more resilient. That's right. And knowing our weaknesses. So one of the things that, um, you know, when I work with people who have ADHD, who are are brilliant in many, many ways, but they recognize their weakness in follow through, details, organization, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Uh, you can white knuckle your way through it, or you can create structures. Uh, um, and when you talk to adults with ADHD who function really well, listen to them talk about the strategies that they use. So just by doing that, they know that I'm t- for me, I'm terrible with my memory. If I have a thought, I will automatically put it on my reminders already and put a time around it so that at least it kind of cues me to do the thing, right? So just get the support we need to create the structure wherever we struggle. So creating order out of chaos. The second one is making meaning out of hardship. Yeah. And we did talk about this already, and we talk about this often, is it's not to diminish our pain at all. In fact, we may be in a season of grief, and we may have to sit in that for mm-hmm. some time. But maturity and integration is holding both the good and the bad of life without judgment. So I can accept and feel my pain and the hardship, but I can also see that perseverance and growth, and I feel a sense of gratitude that I'm not alone in my struggles because of my faith in God and also my relationship with other people. So I can make meaning. Making meaning is not the same thing as, oh, you're going to find the good purpose in why you just went through what you went through. No, I'm sorry. That is... BS when you've just gone through the most devastating loss or diagnosis or whatever it might be. Like, no, that's not what I mean by making meaning. It's about being able to find the growth, the resilience, the gra- things that I can be grateful for yep. um, through that hardship. And being able to still, at the same time, say, it sucks. That's right. Exactly. A third way we can have agency is exercising our creativity. Ooh. Yes, because creating is a really um, powerful form of agency. And it means that we can literally, this is Sharon Hode Miller saying, and this is her quote, it means we can literally change the world we live in. We may not be able to fix all the problems around us, but we can imagine and build creative solutions with true and long-lasting impact. And at the same time, creating is not just functional, it's also meaningful because when life is stressful or chaotic or uncertain, just being able to funnel or channel our feelings into some sort of creative act can be really healing. We've talked about this before, like go and do non-productive creative actions just to be able to, to have that healing experience of creativity. And so this type of agency, when you're feeling overwhelmed with uh, unpredictability, that helps if we can use our imagination to kind of think about and dream about the possibilities. Well, it gets us outside of our fixed patterns of thinking. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a huge thing because we always divert. Yeah. Um, and we resort to thinking the ways we've always thought. Oh, yeah, exactly. So as soon as we can become creative about it, mm-hmm. Um, we're we, breaking it. We're breaking those patterns and mm-hmm. we're creating new ones, which That's is right. massive. That's right. Number four, setting healthy limits and boundaries. And this is especially important. If you're feeling like your life is out of control, 
or some aspect of it. Let's say, for example, you think your health is out of control. Yeah. Well, you can start to set limits uh, with your eating and boundaries around who might be positive or negative influences on your health. Like, don't be hanging out in a bar where you're having lots of wings and beer and all that, right? Um, but more broadly, we can have clear values, know when to say yes, when to say no, as they align with our values. Um, we can exercise self-care and we can have, like, like, put limits to what we can do with our energy and our time that we have. Yeah, we when we were doing the training with the, some first responders, mm-hmm. we, we were always telling them, don't hang out in the lunchroom. Yeah. Because the lunchroom was a very toxic place. Yeah. And, you know, when they were going for the break and they were hanging out with all this griping and complaining and yeah. toxic Not helpful. Like stuff, it just brings you down. It demotivates you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and we all know that there's a water cooler in our life yes. somewhere yes. that's full of toxic stuff. Mm-hmm. Stay away from it. Right. And if there are people in your life who are particularly unhealthy, unhealthy relationships, and they're unwilling to own or change that, then you really need very strong boundaries against mm-hmm. this. Um, and number five, uh, we can actively care for this world. Yes, we can. There's so many things we can do. We might not be able to stop global warming, but we can contribute to making a difference to slowing it down. Um, we just installed solar panels, and I was talking to our friend Wendy because she understands. I'm like, how is this going to help? How is it greener? And she says, well, actually, it's because you're um, saving uh, resources for the future generation. I'm like, oh, Okay. That's great. Right. So we can actively do things like that. Uh, Number six, we can develop and nurture healthy relationships, which if you remember uh, from Susan Bialy um, Haas's book, it is a key part of uh, resiliency. Yep. So we can influence our relationships in a positive direction. We can work hard on building trust with others. We can exercise care and how we treat others with kindness. We can be intentional about how we bless others. There's just so many things that we can do to develop and nurture healthy relationships. Yep. Uh, we can notice the unseen person and give them dignity. That's you know? And that's massive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that, you know, if we, can, if we can treat the people that cross our paths, whether it's, you know, in the Starbucks lineup or mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a retail worker or, or the banker, the bank teller, mm-hmm. if we can treat them with dignity, it does change us and it changes them. Yeah. It does. It does. You know, um, for example, when you see somebody who's homeless uh, and it's not about you being able to save them because obviously it's much more complex, but even just to look at them and smile at them and say hi and acknowledge their personhood is giving them dignity. Yeah, because it's making them know that they've been seen. That's right. Uh, Number seven. Our personal favorite, (laughs) personal growth. (laughs) Uh, Oh, my gosh. We have so much agency in this. You know, willingness to look at ourselves honestly, to listen to podcasts like ours. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Read books. But to seek feedback and learn from our mistakes, have a growth mindset. I mean, all those things. Oh, so much. Like, we do what we do because we believe so much in the agency that we have in our personal growth. Yeah, and I was just, I was reflecting today. I was listening to a podcast with Lisa Turkhurst Mm -hmm. and all that she's been through in her life. Yeah, And I was just, like, so thankful for her Mm -hmm. because... There's massive personal growth. Oh, my gosh. And she's done it in a public way and a private way. Yeah. But she's doing it 
so that others can experience the same personal growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, because she could have just, you know, cuddled away herself. and done it to herself. Yeah. Um, but just having role models that are doing it yeah. is so inspiring to me mm-hmm. that I want to do the work. Mm-hmm. Right when yeah. I'm watching someone else. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, and then that's the, close cousin number eight taking personal responsibility. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the problem with agency is personal responsibility. Yeah. Right. Uh, so in every situation we're in, in every conflict that we're part of, we can ima- examine where things may have gone wrong and we can take personal responsibility for our part even if it's just one percent we can stop choose to stop blaming or making excuses and focus on the thing that we have agency over what's our choice you know and i know that you and i get bugged by this yeah we do i i we get bugged when Mm -hmm. we see someone who we know is shirking their personal responsibilities and playing the victim card. Ugh, I know. I it, know. You just want to take them and shake them. And I go, know. You have so much agency. Yeah. You have so much accountability for yourself. Mm-hmm. Start making better choices. Right. Exactly. Stop the blame game. Exactly. So uh, in relationships, we, instead of waiting for the other person that we're in conflict with to approach us, we can choose to work towards the repair yeah. And even if they're not willing to own their part of it, at least you know you've done your part and you've grown through that experience and you feel a greater sense of peace and acceptance. Um, number nine, choosing gratitude. And we've already done podcasts on this. So much science. Tons of science around how important this is to choose gratitude, focusing on the things and the gifts that you do have, savoring the beauty of life that you see around you, and just slowing down and being able to savor a quiet moment and counting all that you're thankful for. Gratitude is one of those wonderful things that opens up our hearts and our minds and helps us move away from fear and control. Yeah. Right? It's huge. It's very huge. And I think we we kind of dismiss it because it it's like it's so easy, mm-hmm. but so hard. Right. Because when we're in the midst of a messy, you know, messy middle, mm-hmm. it's hard for us to see the brighter pieces of mm-hmm. it. But if we sit down and we're can think of what am I grateful for today? Yeah, it does get our minds out of that trap of being fixed on the negative, mm-hmm. and you are releasing some good hormones Ooh, in your yeah. brain, big time. And the last one I added, and this is for people of faith, it's choosing to trust God. So it's choosing to trust in His character, His promises, and His love for us, apart from the events of our lives. Yes, because we don't have control over the events and. Yes, God could control it, but he chooses, because that's part of the gift of choice and Mm -hmm. agency, is that he does let things happen. um, And sometimes things happen not by anybody's choice, but because of circumstances or whatever it might be. But it's being able to choose to trust God. And as I said, I had to work through my disappointments and anger with God during my personal retreat because things didn't turn out the way I expected. But my big takeaway is not to define God by the circumstances of my life um, and also to hold loosely my expectations for my life and my loved one's lives, like thinking somehow that it's up to me to pray enough, speak enough, do enough that somehow I can control (laughs) that word again exactly and um i've i think i've shared this before but i remember i had all these dreams 
that I had given to God. And I felt he was telling me he was going to answer them by the time I turned 50. And it didn't at all turn out what I expected. Now, he did answer it, but just very differently than I expected. And I remember being quite disgruntled with God about it. And then recently asking him, like, what the heck was that all about? Like, did I mishear you? And he said, I answered your prayer according to who I knew you were going to be, your future Ooh. self. And you know, if you had gotten what you wanted when you were 48, you would have what you thought you wanted now you would have hated it and it's true I would have felt trapped like you wouldn't believe so choosing to trust God even if we don't see the reasons for it uh, because again his love for us his character his promises right so um, you know it's a list if you I mean I, we kind of went through it very quickly so you can re-listen to it but if you're struggling with feeling powerless or you're struggling with control mm-hmm. <laughs> the other side of it you know um, think look Think over this list of 10, and you can even come up with your own if you have more, and think about the ways that you have agency and power over your life and influence on those um, around you and the circumstances around you as well. Yeah. And, you know, I, I we, we, all, we talk about this all the time. Mm. We talk about talking to a trusted friend, mm-hmm. because oftentimes, you know, the blind spot, yeah. we don't even see our own agency. Mm-hmm. We're because we're in a mindset where we don't think we have it. So talk to a trusted friend and say, where where am I missing the mark here? Right. Where do you see me having agency that I'm not exercising? That's right. That's right. Your friends will tell you. Yeah. Your trusted friends. Yes, your trusted friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's, I mean, I can, I know if I asked you that question, I know what you'd say to me. <laughs> Well, you have asked me those questions. Before. I have. Yeah. I have. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So, I mean, we, we need connection, definitely. Um, but we also need to do some digging and uh, say to ourselves, where am I forfeiting my agency? There you go. Forfeiting. Forfeiting. Ooh, that's a good question. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't like the word. I know. But where am I forfeiting my agency? Yeah. And how is it affecting me? What could life be like if I were to exercise my agency in this arena? Mm. Big questions. Great question. Wow. <gasps> well, thanks for hanging in with that conversation. Well, that was a big one. It's a good one. All right. <laughs> Take care, Take everyone. care. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.